Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 24 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today addresses the need for corporate board reform. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. In today's episode, I'm going to address the need for corporate board reform. And our episode today is a companion to my recent ebook, Pointing Fingers How Corporate Boards Are Dodging Accountability. Uh, my ebook is available on my website, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please download a copy at your convenience. The compliance revolution has had a dramatic impact on numerous actors in the corporate governance world, including obviously chief compliance officers, internal auditors, human resources, finance officers. And we've also seen new strategies, controls, and procedures to maximize the impact of ethics and compliance programs. Yet for all these changes in the corporate operations, we failed to see any significant changes where it matters most, at the corporate board level. Every company should have a former or existing compliance professional serving on its board. It's not a radical solution. It's not a radical proposal. In the absence of one or more compliance professionals appointed to a corporate board, it is imperative that corporate boards devote more time and attention to learning how to monitor and effectively supervise an effective ethics and compliance program. Corporate board members devote significant time to financial oversight and strategy. They love to talk about that at every board meeting, and then they go on to ignore steps that are needed to protect and promote the most intangible asset, the most valuable intangible asset of a company, its culture and reputation. Corporate board members are much more comfortable discussing strategy issues than they are talking about culture, ethics, compliance, and controls. Well, corporate boards, in my view, are due for a rude awakening. Compliance expectations and competing stakeholders are demanding more effective oversight. Over the last 10 years, we've witnessed corporate scandals and misconduct that could have been prevented or at least mitigated by a corporate board exercising proper oversight. All too often, corporate boards fail to identify potential red flags of serious misconduct issues or ignore obvious risks that result in corporate disasters, disasters, reputational harm, and significant enforcement actions. All of this leads to very expensive collateral litigation. So in this area of accountability and increasing demand by corporate stakeholders, including Activist owners and shareholders, corporate boards have to step up, and they have to bring about a new and improved sort of level of performance. So I have outlined uh, five steps that corporate boards have to do to sort of embrace this new um, accountability and new responsibility. One is to acknowledge the new responsibility to oversee, monitor, and manage a company's culture and its compliance program. Corporate culture is a valuable and tangible asset that promotes productivity, improves financial performance, and protects against employee misconduct. To promote and protect this asset, board members have to participate in the management and oversight of this valuable asset. No longer can they sit back and sort of exercise passive responsibilities, letting the CEO or senior management take responsibility for these issues corporate boards have to become more active and embrace a new agenda. 
Number two, attendance at regular training to exercise additional responsibilities for managing a company's culture. In other words, corporate boards don't need to be, just be trained on the law, what the law requires or what the, the compliance program requires. They have to be trained on how to exercise oversight and manage the culture and the compliance program. What kind of information do they need? What kind of responsibility do they have to ensure that certain steps are taken? Um, the company's chief ethics and or compliance officers have to coordinate on these efforts and then train the board on the awareness and the ability to meaningfully conduct oversight and management of the program. Number three, increased coordination and meetings with CEO, senior management, chief ethics, and their compliance officers in order to adopt important strategies and impose robust reporting requirements to ensure that the board is fully engaged on these kinds of issues. Four, annual ethics and compliance oversight plans developed at the board level have to be enacted and reviewed and then implemented to ensure that the board's information and review needs are being met. In other words, the board has to develop its own requirements to ensure that there is a meeting of the minds with ethics and compliance staff as to what the annual expectations are. Five, an annual board evaluation of its performance in conducting oversight and monitoring of companies' ethics and compliance program. The board's evaluation should be conducted by an independent third bar party and shared exclusively with the board members so that they can develop enhancements to improve their overall functioning and their better performance or increased performance with regard to ethics and compliance issues. Now, the CCO, Chief Compliance Officer, plays a critical role, or the Chief Ethics Officer in conjunction with the Chief Compliance Officer, play a critical role in making sure that their board members are on board for this type of responsibility. What, what do they need to do? What does the Chief Compliance Officer need to do to get the board to embrace its responsibility? First, a Chief Compliance Officer needs to find a natural ally on the Audit or Compliance Committee hopefully someone who uh, has experience in the past as a chief compliance officer or is willing uh, to embrace those issues. I've already spoken about the importance of having expertise on the board, but they, knew they do need to have that. If the board of directors does not understand compliance, the CCO needs to educate the board through a natural ally, a board member who understands the importance of compliance. If necessary, the chief compliance officer should seek to meet with the targeted board member or even meet informally for coffee or a meal on a regular basis so that the CCO can try to educate and push the board member to push the entire committee, let's say if it's a supervising committee, or the board itself uh, to get some support for the CCO's efforts. A CCO should also seek or demand the opportunity to quote-unquote train the board. And I've talked about the importance of educating the board, but the CCO needs at least 45 minutes to an hour. This is important so that the chief compliance officer can make his or her case. Now, training is not like what I talked about earlier about legal training. This is, again, about ethics and compliance tools and how the board is going to uh, carry out its supervisory obligations. One of the most important benefits of creating a 
internal senior ethics and compliance committee chaired by the chief compliance officer with a charter and reporting to senior management and to the board is the ability to enlist the committee to bring issues to the attention of the board. This is an important vehicle. When you run out of alternatives, the internal uh, senior committee speaks with somewhat of authority and can then raise certain issues, and they won't be necessarily all reflective of just whatever the chief compliance officer uh, wants to do. When the compliance committee speaks, it brings gravitas to the communication and the importance of the issue being raised. The delicate dance here is to bring to the, the issue to the board's attention in a positive way, to couch it in terms of best practices for board oversight of a compliance program. A CCO should orchestrate this strategy and enlist the support of the committee to bring this issue to the board's attention. Board members and senior executives are busy professionals and many think that they are experienced enough not to need training. But unless a board member happens to have prior experience in compliance, each board member has to learn how to oversee and monitor compliance issues, particularly in the context of that one of that company. This is where the the honest truth is needed and a teaching moment is needed as well. A company led by a board and C-suite that does not understand compliance program requirements is absolutely a disaster waiting to happen. happen. The basic building blocks of the board and executive training program should include, at a minimum, the importance of corporate culture, what the company's compliance and ethics risk sources are, third-party risk management strategies and procedures, internal investigation procedures and outcomes, periodic assessment of the company's culture and the company's compliance program and audit results, and a discussion of the board's obvious legal, obviously legal responsibility for conducting compliance oversight. Think for a moment of the practical application to real-life controversies. If the Volkswagen board had understood the importance of tone at the top, they may have chosen to clarify VW's priorities and acted to obey the law rather than increase profits by violating the law. Instead, VW faced publicity such as the New York Times September 25, 2015 article titled, Problems at Volkswagen Start in the Boardroom. The article cites a former executive as describing the scandal as all but inevitable due to the company's isolation, its clannish board, and a deep-rooted hostility to environmental regulation among its engineers. It is easy to imagine, but hard to accept that VW would have chosen the same path had the board and its executive team been trained and understood the implication of its misguided strategy to avoid environmental regulatory requirements. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our new podcast series. 
You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve yours.